0: is a creepy blue admiral didn't, who I saw, is... I think I saw a post
1: uh, of Benedict Cumberbatch as him. And Benedict oh, yeah. Cumberbatch is like, I don't want to be That seems like blue. fan
0: casting, if, yeah. if I ever heard it. Um, well, he, he
1: responded. He said he didn't want to be blue. He's like, there's no way I'm going to be blue. And wow. So,
0: he really blew it. He blew it. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 156. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris, the salty sternum. Today, I'm joined by James, aka the Lord of BLP Entertainment. James, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. And I'm just going to leave right. it at that. Like, we'll I'm not it.
0: doing splacious.
1: I'm not doing fantastic. I'm just I'm I'm skirting the lines, you know, it's like winter. So like seasonal depression is in full swing and I'm just like keeping my head above water. So I've got my life preserver. I'm good.
0: Nice. Do you have your um, arm floaties and a duck shaped Water wings.
1: <laughs> water wings. Yeah, I got them on too
0: water wings keeping you afloat good to know yeah we're gonna jump into the lowdown let's if do you it want to be a part of the conversation or if you have a pressing question that you want one of us to weigh in on you can reach us on twitter at gamers podcast if you don't tweet like i don't tweet you can send us an email, the good old-fashioned way, podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com is our email address. And our website is mostlynormalgamers.com. Go check that out. Sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly, at mngamers.substack.com, which is where you can find our back issues. I am saying it into a microphone right now. You will receive a write-up of my Game of the Year 2022 list in that sub-stack if you sign up by the end of the month. And this is me putting it on the record and saying, Chris is writing something this month. He's writing it. And finally, you can leave us a voicemail or a text at our Google voice number. And that number is 507-291-2991. With that, let's talk some games. James, I see some really fascinating RPGs on your What You've Been Playing list. Would you tell me... Which of them is more important to the history of video games?
1: Iron Lung. <laughs> I know it's not on there, but I did beat it. It is a fun oh, little I, game. I'm, I'm being full, out. full serious. I just, I, I forgot to put it in the dock. Um, I played a little game called Iron Lung. It's an hour long. You're trapped in a little submarine on a moon. That's like with a, in a filled lake of blood. And, uh, you have no hey, windows. I, I, wait,
0: wait, wait! Is it an yeah. underground lake of blood that's also rot?
1: I don't know. It's it's just it's, it's not really Elden un- Ring. Okay,
0: sorry. I just wanted to clarify. No, no, that no, no. I It's not Elden like Ring.
1: <laughs> I am not b- being a facetious. No, I'm. It's an actual game. It's made yeah, by the I same think- developer that made the game Dusk, which is kind of like a, a cultic uh, inspiration with Doom and Quake and all that sort of stuff. Um and I saw it. It was like I don't know, like four bucks or whatever. And so I was like, "I'll I'll try it out." So I played it. Yeah, it was entertaining it? for an hour, it, and what's that's all it is. On? It's on everything. It's on Steam. I played it on Switch. Um, okay. but it is. I think it's on Itchio, itch.io. Um, cool little game. Really, just uh, like if you're in for like a horror, like a claustrophobic horror game, this is like a perfect little one-hour uh, entertain-yourself game. And it's all about hitting certain coordinates on a map without crashing your submarine that you have no windows to. So you don't know really where you're going other than your coordinates. And you can run to the back of the submarine, which it's real tiny. It's like turning around and taking two steps. Uh, mm-hmm. And hit a switch that takes a photograph that looks like it's like, you know when like those old like um, black and white... It's like a Game Boy Color <laughs> Photograph. Okay, You know sure. what the Game Boy Color camera? Remember yeah, that sucker? Course. It's um, like that. It's just terrible. It's super grainy. You can't see shit, and you're like, I guess that's a wall or something. I don't know. Like, what is this? <laughs> um, I'm doomed, It's basically what what I, I thought. No, it's a cool little game. Um, definitely fun for, like, uh, for an hour and a bit. What's um, the name of it again? Iron Lung which iron is Loan. like the, the nickname for the submarine for the you're ship. in yeah. for the fact that, that it's like it, you're trapped in an iron lung. So
0: um, I think that came up on waypoints, like game of the year conversation. Like, oh, really? That's hilarious. Really love that. And I think put it pretty high on their lists. Yeah. But, you know, know Way, Waypoint be crazy. You,
1: fair enough. I, I, I don't know. I saw it. I think I saw somebody posted about it on, on Twitter. And, um, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting," and I just followed up on it uh, yeah. last weekend and uh, beat it because why not? Uh, but seriously, I have been playing two pretty pretty significant games. I play. I finally finally caved, and by caved, I mean like I've just been waiting for the right sale. Um, but I finally bought Disco Elysium, and Ooh. this game. I've been told is like amazing. It's like one of the greatest games ever. It's a you have to play, you have to play, and I've wanted to play. There's no part of me that's like I don't want to play this game. Every part of me wants to play this game, but it's also been told like it's really like it's depressing and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. Like, <laughs> be careful. I don't, I don't know what people like yeah, it's a dark world, but it's like no more depressing than playing Fallout. I'm fucking loving this game. It is okay. It is like they take all the good aspects of fallout and just remove the combat. And it's perfect. Like it's the dialogue is fantastic. And I, when I say fallout, please, I refer to fallout one and two. This is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a 3d open world. I'm talking about an isometric, uh, game where you like talk to people and make decisions based on charisma and dialogue choices. Um, nice. So it is fantastic. you play you wake up uh, in a in a bedroom um, uh, and you're in your underpants and it is a mess. It is a sty and your character essentially doesn't have he has amnesia. You're a cop who's in the middle of a case who's just finally got his partner showing up today and you don't know anything. Like, you have literally an, a dialogue option, like, wait, what is a crime? Because you don't remember anything! Um, but what really sets this game out above, like, the others, is, like, you have your ability, your core abilities are, like, your your intellect, your, like, emotional uh, intellect, you have your physical endurance, or your strength, and then you have your physical, like, agility abilities. So, um, and then from those four stats, which you did like a lot, a certain amount of points in at the beginning of the game, you have, um, 26 corresponding abilities. Like, so six, I think in each, Okay. no, 24, 24, six times four, I can do this, uh, 24 d- corresponding abilities. And they're all different things like empathy or, um, uh, endurance or your, um, Fine- like I it's a French word for finesse this game I believe is based in like a pseudo France um mm. because it's everything is like in French. Um you've got various like terminology that is in still written in French and stuff like that. Um so it's probably a French game that's been ported. Um if it isn't then they've done this is this is a great game. I love it. The they voice act pretty much every bit of dialogue so um, you have a fun time listening to that. Um, but all of these different attributes that you have are personalities that talk to your character and only your character hears them. So mm-hmm. it will be like talking to a person, say, for example, I have a lot of empathy with my character because I almost like I want to relate a little bit to myself. Um, so my character's talking to somebody and they tell me something, and then empathy comes in as a character in the dialogue chat and he's like they are actually thinking this they don't like the way you look or they're disgusted by you or something like it is translating information and then i can choose answers based off of i can either ignore my uh emotion and continue the conversation or i can start choosing specific like questions that i can ask the character or responses that are directly tied to to the uh emotion or whatever and it's such a cool way of going around it and then like at times like your character will just out themselves and be like so like you got like other voices in your head right like they tell you things and people are like no man <laughs> um but it's it's really cool i i'm absolutely loving it you're solving a murder uh every it's like a uh, corporate um there's a union there's a corporation um somebody's been murdered uh there's like um it's just really interesting like it's i'm loving i don't want to spoil anything i want people to uh, come into this game the same way i did like completely blind and and just know that it's it's this incredible um you want them to come in like a
0: cop with amnesia
1: A cop with amnesia. That's what I want them to do. Come in to this game as a cop with amnesia and experience playing a game as a cop with amnesia. I
0: am also waiting for the right time for this game. And I think that a patch hit for the Nintendo Switch version, because apparently it was like pretty slow load times and like poorly optimized. Yeah. I guess they patched it and improved that. But I don't...
1: See that's that's what was holding me back. I really wanted it on my Switch, but then I caved and I just got it for the PS5 and it flows like butter. It is such a it's a beautiful game, like the art style is this weird sort of muddy past like not pastel, sorry, muddy watercolor um art style and it's really like like the character models are great. Um you are like very undesirable. Like it's there's like this moment where like you wake up in the morning and like you like this morning. You get dressed. You look in the mirror and it's like you're. There's a voice in the back of your head that says, "Don't do it. Don't like the mirror's too like fog like like fogged over. It's like oh, I can wipe it. It's like um, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Don't do it. And it's like I do it anyway. Like oh, bad choice. <laughs> and they show you like your mug and it's like so grody. You've got like oh, what is it, rosacea? Not where the nose all the capillaries in the nose burst from drinking too much alcohol.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Um,
1: Anyway. Yeah, rosacea
0: is, like, oh, right, I think.
1: Um, But, like, you've got that. You've got greasy hair. You're just so not uh, appealing as an individual. And it's it's such a... It's such a... There's, like, humor to it, but there's also, like, a really real sad darkness to it. Um, A lot of, like, nihilistic personalities. And it's... I love it. I'm loving... Every bit of it. It's what Fallout was. What I thought Fallout was as a kid growing up. Is like reinvigorated into this game. And it's just so. It's just. It's it's like yeah. It's, I'm not going to talk anymore about Disco Elysium. Play it. I, 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 I got it. I understand what everybody's talking about. Um, I've also been playing. Um, Earthbound Beginnings. But I've been playing it. Technically, I've been playing Mother uh, on my new handheld device called an analog pocket. Uh, I've gotten um, a copy of the, uh, what is it? It's like the Earth, it's a translated version of Earthbound uh, Mother or Mother One and Two or whatever. It's Japanese only, obviously, but it's uh, been translated. So I'm playing Mother One. And uh, just having a blast playing as uh, Nintendo and Lloyd and running around this world. Um, I'm familiar with Earthbound. I've not beaten Earthbound ever. I've played it many times, but I only ever get like three quarters of the way through and something distracts me and stuff. But now having it handheld, I think, is really going to help me conclude it because I kind of have it everywhere I go and I can just like, oh, I'm going to plug it in and play for a couple hours and see what, see where it gets me.
0: How similar is Mother to Earthbound?
1: Like a near identical. Near
0: With identical. the exception even of stories. Yeah, even okay, so technically a different story because I, I know like yes.
1: the um, so the uh, Earthbound, there are some differences in Earthbound. You can see enemies on the world map and they okay. see you and run at you. Uh, and then you enter a combat, and if you're s- too strong for that enemy, you'll just outright defeat them. Uh, whereas this is just sort of the Final Fantasy—oops, shit! Sorry for hitting my mic. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy approach where you um, you walk around and a random encounter occurs, um, so you don't see the enemies on the world map or anything like that. But uh, other than that, uh, the interface is the exact same. User like you've got your characters; they follow you around the map um you have different inventories for each character you have to make sure like you do a bit of inventory management you've got tiny little bags and everything uh takes up the exact same amount of space regardless if it's a candy or a um bicycle so like it's uh you you've only got what is it like i think you got like eight slots in each bag. So it's really like it gets down to the nitty gritty when you're like, Oh, how, what do I take with me? Uh, How many, how many apples or how many pieces of bread can I bring with me? Um, But it's been, it's been enjoyable for the most part. I've, there's a lot less definable levels I would say so far, because I feel like I've gone through different stages but I've never really felt like I've beaten any bosses, if that makes sense. Uh, whereas yeah. in Earthbound, there's definite, like, there's like, what is it? His name is Belch or something, Blech or anyway, he's like a giant piece of trash that I de- Like, I remember him definitively. Like, there's like a big moment with him and me. Uh, I won't go into that story, but like the I remember key moments. You fight like the uh, that weird blue cult in Earthbound, and you go. Um, you fight like you go to the, uh, uh, through a mouse cave or rodent cave or whatever. And there's like, there's, there's key moments and there's a little bit less of that. It just kind of goes like, oh, go to this place and grab this item from a random chest in there or go to this location and talk to this person. It's a little more free form, I guess. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it is taking me a bit to kind of figure out where I'm going, but. I'm going, but yeah, that's what I've been playing.
0: Awesome. I think they added it to the switch, yeah. switch NES online service, right? That is correct. I am not playing it through there.
1: <laughs> I don't, I could, I don't know why I'm not. I just like, Oh, Hey, I'm playing a a, tr- a fan translation. <laughs> on, is, on it, the is it, is f- it?
0: I was just trying to dig into some of the history of it. Is it? Are you playing it on the Mother One Plus Two Game Boy Advance cartridge? That is correct. So you have a fan translation of a Japanese re-release. That picks I have a out...
1: ROM. I have a ROM translation of a <laughs>
0: <laughs> incredible. Yeah. I. It, it's so interesting, like the way that all of these kind of like layers have to overlap for it to be the version of the game that you're playing. You
1: know? Yes, I know, and it's so funny too because if I played the um. Earthbound Beginnings, or whatever it's called. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Official, finally... Yeah, released,
1: released in America version. Yeah. Um, on the Switch, I would probably be... it. W- I, I don't know if it would be, like, updated in any way, or if it's just, like, the NES port. Because I've I looked online at a video of some guy playing what I believe is a translation of the Nest port. And it's def- like, definitely doesn't look as good as the version I'm playing on the Game Boy Advance.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm
1: wondering if there's some sort of like, I don't know, like they, they kind of polished it up when they ported it to the Game Boy Advance. Um, anyway, I always really, really appreciate the appreciated the earthbound series. I always really enjoyed the aesthetic. Um. I've just never could beat them. And it's just, and only because there's usually a part where you have to grind out a hell of a lot and it's just not, I'm not into it and I just jump off. And that's the only reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Man, I really want to... I If I had a time machine or some sort of time stop ability, all I would do is catch up on RPGs. <laughs> There you go. Which is not what I'm spending my time playing lately. <laughs> um, I I put the teens and their idle dreams on hold, and I'm keeping my promise to check out Tunic. Oh, the mostly normal gamers podcast game of the year, 2022, Tunic, 2022, Nick. <laughs>
1: 2022, Nick. That's what we were. We've all been calling it. What have you been calling 2022?
0: obviously i mean we all know it's the year of tunic so it was always 2020 tunic um my
1: god hashtag 2020 tunic everybody out there hashtag it it's if you're (laughs)
0: listening just just tweet it into existence yeah um similar to how i felt in 2022 tunic is uh a game where where i am totally lost and aimless and Damn, if it weren't for these weird map fragments and Ill- like unreadable pieces of the game handbook, the instruction manual yeah. appearing in the world, I don't know what I would be doing. Um, but I also don't think I need to take a zoom out approach with this game with you because you are far on the other end of it than I am. Yeah. So I I got the sword.
1: Yes, excellent.
0: I found a beach area. Yeah. That I had to kind of squeeze my way off the map to get to it felt like even though it's not necessarily. And I don't I don't remember like the proper nouns for all of these places, but you know, there's a big angry bird. Yeah, yeah there's um crabs lots of crabs big crabs small crabs
1: some as big Um, as your head
0: some bigger than your head (laughs) um so far what i've really liked about the game is that it does a really good job dangling little interesting carrots for you to try and chase and figure out Mm -hmm. um it's like oh i can see that treasure chest but i can't see how i get to it And then your brain starts puzzle solving in the background as you kind of hack and slash your way around. And I think um, that's something that obviously, you know, Tunic, I think to say that it's not inspired by the 2D Zelda games is just a blatant lie. And I think that's something that the best 2D Zelda games maybe don't even do as much. Like, I don't feel very often like they're teasing. I mean... I don't know. I haven't played a 2D Zelda in so long, but I feel like the way that they tease treasure chest being just around the corner. If you can just figure out the right path to get to is really cool.
1: Yeah. Um, the, I think the, the biggest thing for me, I would say uh, for for you coming in is just really appreciate every page you get out of that book, because there's something on it, whether you know it right now or not, there is something on that page that is going to be useful to you and the beauty is like sometimes it takes like uh, like you get a random page and suddenly you see something in that random page that makes everything make sense and you're like oh my god and once you get to that point once you start to realize like the oh my god moment of of that game everything starts to like cascade and you start like it just like proliferates you've got one thing leading to another thing leading to another thing. Before that, there was a moment where I was just struggling so hard to figure mm-hmm. out where to go. I I was in like the, what I deem the second area and going up to like the boss of that area. And I was struggling. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And only did I realize like after I beat the first boss that you could essentially upgrade things And
0: I don't even know that.
1: But like, that's the thing. I'm not going to tell you anything more. Like, what am I talking about? What are you upgrading? What do like, there are different things that happen and you just really have to look at every scour, every page you get for any bit of detail. um, And look for similar uh, symbols.
0: So I got an achievement. Yeah. Saying that I understood the words in the margin of instruction booklet, page 17, because I blew up a bunch of bombs. Oh, and then I went back and looked at page 17 of the instruction booklet. And in the margin, there was just plain English text. As I do the thing, does the instruction booklet get translated into English?
1: Some parts of it. Um, is tra- like translate, some of it doesn't. I think there are some like uh keywords. A lot of the book stays untranslated, and there's for a reason. Because there is for one of like the hardest puzzles in the game, you literally have to translate that language.
0: Okay. And so is it one to
1: one? No. Oh god, no. Like it is like they are like they're making the way it works is like the top half is your consonant the bottom half is your vowel sound or whatever and like the shape it makes pertains to one or the it's it's garbage like it's it's such a <laughs> it's such a um cerebral thing that i couldn't do it we actually had like i spent a long time trying to figure it out i went online somebody has built a web app where you can just draw it in and that's how i solved it because it is just it's too much for me i'm not i'm not that good that's intense i
0: don't i don't know if we'll get to the translating the hidden language i'm
1: assuming i i just looked up page 17 and i'm assuming what the words in the margin you're referring to is uh at the bottom where it says they say that if you throw enough bombs you'll get a prize so don't be afraid to use them
0: yes is Did that you know in what... English by default? I believe so. Well, crap. Okay, that's not exciting or surprising. <laughs> but I you didn't, didn't notice see it. that. I didn't, didn't even, even notice, notice it. it. Yeah. So
1: that's where I'm getting at. Like, really look at the pages because, like, there's a lot of like even like pencil marks where somebody has written in pen or pencil, and they've oh, I've
0: seen some pen.
1: I'm intrigued
0: by the pen.
1: Okay, and I'll give you another hint. Just like just for the sheer sake, this is going to mean nothing to you. And do not try and solve it until you've started to figure it out. But next to the bombs, all of the bombs, there seems to be a weird box with a bunch of dots next to it. It kind of looks like this weird braille. Um, mm. That is going to be significant. So come back to that later. <laughs>
0: okay. So but, like, like
1: once you understand what that means, that box... Later, you're going to get a book, it's going to, or a page, it's going to kind of explain um, how to operate a certain mechanic of the game that is like major throughout the entire game that you don't figure out for a very long time. Um, and it allows you to go back and solve a whole bunch of things that you didn't think were like needed, like you didn't think even about. Even would have
0: needed to be solved. Yeah. So it, I'm hearing that it, similar to the way that like in a Metroidvania or in a Zelda game like oh, yes. I have a new piece of equipment and now all of these things that I saw before are recontextualized and I can go reengage with them and open a door that yeah. I couldn't get to or cross a crevice that I couldn't get to. This game is doing that, but it's with like knowledge from this instruction booklet and exactly you I could be doing it all along, but I just I wouldn't have even considered
1: it That's the beauty. I went back after I beat the game. And I started playing and I did a whole bunch of things that I didn't even think were possible because I didn't think about it. I yeah. didn't know about it. Right. I immediately went to like the the last boss's room just right off the bat, just for sh- like whatever, just to see like, oh, my God, here, I'm here. Like mm-hmm. you can't do anything until you've solved other aspects of the game. But it's very, very cool how this game operates.
0: I got to say. The merchant, oh, was real creepy. Yeah, like that guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I similar to the thing about the treasure chest. I like the way that it uses its fixed camera angle to like hide pathways from you. Because yeah. like, I walked through this thing and I was like, oh, I got onto this railing that I could see from this other area, and then it just popped me up from behind a building. Yeah, you could have done that the whole time. Front. And in the forest area, it does something similar where yeah. it, it initially looks like it's just trees that are like cutting you off at the edge of a thing, but then all of a sudden you'll wrap around and cut through the trees and be like, oh, this was just a path all along. Yeah, or oh, there's it lots of like, that. It sounds like that almost like one-to-one lines up with, oh, this was a blank all along with that yeah. feeling that you get once you get a piece of the instruction booklet that's kind of missing. Yeah. So I'm excited well, to dig into it more for sure.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. Please feel free to ask questions. I I'll try my best to answer them without spoiling. Answer them vaguely.
0: To... Yes. And, and I'm because not The lie,
1: experience though... of learning in that game is part of the excitement of that game. Yeah.
0: And like I'm not going to lie like so far I don't even know if I've fought a real boss yet. I fought somebody in a guard tower.
1: Yeah, like no, a, there like is, mini there mini mini is, mini you post. will, there is a definable, you'll know, lost. you'll know when it's And lost. so
0: like, so far I'm like, yeah, like it's a, a nice indie Zelda game that's more inscrutable and inspired by Dark Souls. Um. And I'm hoping that some of this stuff that's really exciting about it crystallizes in a way that gets me super engaged. Because so okay. far I'm just like, yeah, everyone really likes Dark Souls. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> I promise you. You're gonna hit a point in this game where it clicks and you're you're gonna it's gonna be a whole rabbit hole and i strongly urge you to keep a notepad and a pen nearby when you're playing this i strongly urge it and i know some people are like i don't want to play games like that I, this is this is a game that like it, this used to be like what i did when i was a kid i beat a mega man level and i quickly draw a grid and start filling in dots like like mm-hmm. this is this is the same thing. You beat, you die in Metroid. You start filling out that like twenty eight letter you're long code, so you can get back to where you were after school. Um, like it's just this is what it's like being a kid, but it's in a modern era with a modern game with like modern mechanics and the the codes you're writing down in your sheet are ridiculous like it's 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 insane but you only ever have to do them once typically Mm -hmm. and oh i just i love that i gotta i want to buy it on my switch i think think that's what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna play
0: it again on switch it seems like a perfect switch game i'm (laughs) playing it through game pass which is just excellent that's how i played it just unbelievable the number of amazing indie games and speaking of game pass indie games the other game i've been playing this week is norco um, which is a narrative-heavy point-and-click adventure um, set in Norco, Louisiana. Um, have you heard much about this game, James? I
1: just is Norco a place in Louisiana for real? Real? For real? Real? I, I just thought Norco was a bike brand. <laughs> no, it's not. I used um, to have a Norco bike dr- <laughs> growing up. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. I it was, maybe that bike brand's from Norco as well. Yeah, so. Yeah. I don't know anything about this game.
0: So, the narrative setup is um, you play a character named Kay. Um, you're a, a young woman who is returning home to her home in Norco, Louisiana. And um, without giving away too much, you're basically picking up the threads that are left when you leave home and kind of lose touch with everyone who you grew up around. Mm. Um, Kay's relationship with being back home and with Norco Louisiana is somewhat defined by you as the player. Like you have a few dialogue choices to kind of say, say, Oh, like it feels so good to be back home or, Oh, I hate it back here. Everyone's given up on life and things like that. So there's a little bit of player agency and kind of the characterization of K um, but you're really there kind of picking up the pieces of the life that you left behind Um, because something major and tragic has happened and you have to kind of come, you know, you're kind of forced back by circumstance in a lot of ways. Um, it has some of the most beautiful pixel art I've seen in in a game in a long, long time. Um, there are times where I'll just like sit on a screen and like take in the way that they put a sunset together behind some buildings or just, you know, out in a nature scene, it's just gorgeous. Um, The writing is really, really incredible. I've gotten chills from the writing a few times. Um, And it, yeah, it's just a a classic point and click adventure game, which is a little bit wonky to play on a controller, but it's been going mostly fine. Um, It does some really cool things with not necessarily like mini games, but like you'll, as one example, you're being told, the story of um, a puppet show and it's about an alligator and a hunter and the alligator's trying to get revenge on the hunter and the hunter's trying to kill the last alligator, more or less. And so you, in in being told this story, then the perspective of the game switches and it's actually like a mini-game where you're looking at a map of a river and lake system and you're moving a boat around to try and like play out the story that's being told mm. to you. So it's doing some interesting things with that. Um, It's funny having lived in new Orleans for a while. I think it it's really smart about the culture in Louisiana. It makes a joke about white kids dancing to bounce music. It's like very, very culturally specific to Louisiana and new Orleans specific culture as well. And I think all of that's really incredible. Yeah. So I've been, putting some good time into that. It's not super long. I think I'm about close to halfway through it. Um, I think there's like five chapters with a part A and part B each, and I just finished the second chapter. So okay, yeah, but, um, game pass havers, if you, if you can tolerate a point and click adventure and like a classic point and click adventure, I, I really highly recommend it mostly for the writing and the art and the music's really good too. I love the music in the game. So All really, really great stuff coming from Marco. Been really
1: excellent. Yeah, I don't mind a good point and click adventure. If I could get through Peasant's Quest, I can get through. Uh, You ever play? I don't know why I dropped that. Do you know what I'm referring to?
0: I don't think so.
1: Trogdor, the burninator, oh, sure. burninating all the villages and the thatchers. Apparent- so Homestar Runner created a a game called Peasants Quest, which is, I believe, a parody on King's Quest. And it must be, yeah. You play as a peasant, or sorry, you play as a person who wants to slay Trogdor because he burninated your house. Um, but you're not peasanty enough, so you have to journey around the country. solving puzzles, which are just asinine puzzles to acquire basically peasant clothes peasant fire like you've been burned and uh peasant i think dirt or something like that and uh you it's it's a stupid little game i i I should play it on stream that's what i should do
0: amazing i I I know Trogdor well and I had a home star runner phase for sure, but I did not know they made a King's Quest parody game. They did, yeah. It was that's, I think it was in one I can't remember when
1: when it came like I just remember being in like it was like early high school and I'd sit in the computer lab playing it.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: Well I wonder if it's still up. You know what? That's something to look up. But yeah, continue on.
0: I mean, I think Homestarrunner.com is the first yeah, it's loading up in my web browser right now. There's a big play button. Look at that. Still works. Incredible. Wow. That's really funny.
1: So there you go. Everybody you can get out there and play some uh, peasant quest. Yeah, go play
0: peasant quest. Google search the words peasant quest. Homestarrunner.com is the first search result for me, but you know, Google be crazy. So
1: yeah, yeah. That's it.
0: (laughs) Uh, With that, I think uh, with the hottest and latest breaking of games, it's time to get into the hottest and latest breaking of news stories. (laughs) Uh, Unbelievable. I got two news stories for you today, James. And the first one is kind of not surprising, but a huge, huge bummer. And my heart goes out to everybody impacted by it. Um, I'm reading the story from Reb Valentine, Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Xbox hit by layoffs on anniversary of Activision Blizzard announcement. Uh, reading from the article here, amidst news of a mass layoff of 10,000 people at Microsoft, which per... Another story at IGN by Ryan Dinsdale is about five percent of their staff.
1: That's uh, massive. It's a lot of
0: people. Oh, sorry, less than five percent of the workforce. But anytime it's less than a certain percentage, my assumption is that it's pretty darn close. Um, but that's you know that could be a fallacy. Um, so a number of employees at Xbox Game Studios, the Coalition, 343 Industries, and Bethesda are learning their jobs are being impacted. According to reports from Bloomberg and Kotaku, a number of developers at the three Xbox studios were informed today that their positions were being eliminated. In total, 878 positions are being impacted immediately across all of Microsoft, while further layoffs are expected through March.
1: So, okay, how many people is this who are losing their job?
0: Across all of Microsoft, 10,000. Yeah. 10,000. 10, yes. Like, which is.
1: Yeah, that's insane. Like, I, I get it. Like, people lose. That's a lot of jobs. Like, who cares if it's only, like, less than less than right, exactly. 5%. That's, a lot, of people that's impacted. a lot of human lives that are being disrupted so, by this. So,
0: Reb's story provides something that actually works as a great piece of context for this, Right. This news comes a year to the date that Microsoft first announced its deal to acquire Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Uh, Largely remains in limbo. Activision Blizzard would bring nearly 10,000 new employees into Microsoft if the deal... So literally, they laid off the number of people that work for all of Activision Blizzard.
1: (laughs) Which is insane. Because, like, why... You could just form a whole new company, apparently. <laughs> you could you could form ten new companies with that. Yeah. I mean that's insane. You could, insane. Form, oh, you could
0: form ten thousand new companies if each person went off and started their own, you know, entrepreneurial thing, right? But I, I the scope yeah. and scale of the number of people being impacted is really, really massive. My heart goes out to all of them. Layoffs are painful. Layoffs are getting fired from your job because some numbers on a spreadsheet aren't working out is not a great feeling at all. No, not and, at all. you know, I think there's a recession coming. There's changes in consumer demand around what they're spending on digital purchases, according to to you know, the CEO, um Satya Nadella. Um, but at the end of the day, that's ten thousand people who had a job yesterday and don't, or won't by the end of March. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they land somewhere you know safe and sound, working for Microsoft. I think puts you in a really great position competitively. I would assume. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if the economy is going to, into a recession, a bunch of companies across tech have already laid off a bunch of people.
1: I mean, um, that's the end of March is essentially the end of a fiscal year for a lot of companies. So it makes like you can see where their, their mindset right. is at. Right. It doesn't justify it. It just, you know, that they're essentially trying to clean up.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's um,
1: it's I, that just makes me sick, though.
0: It really sucks. And I hope that, you know, some of the people being laid off are from Bethesda, Starfield. I don't know how how much more cooking it has to do in the kitchen, but the launch date's still in November of this year, right?
1: I don't know if it has a launch date. Does <laughs> it? I swore it was just this year. And
0: Okay. Maybe it just got kicked to this year. Yeah, I think
1: it originally, it was originally had a launch be- date...
0: Originally November 11th, I think they
1: knocked out it's solid date to just have uh, it sometime in 2023. Um, Games like,
0: has it as set for the first half of 2023. Interesting.
1: So yeah, maybe it's just, uh, moving around. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a massive game who, who I'm sure somebody painstakingly worked on, uh, polishing up a thousand planets for everybody to enjoy and uh probably doesn't have a job now so good uh good spend of it. a good way to spend your your days at a company yeah I, I i i just don't i hope that whoever have lost their job through this or vocal online and allows people to retweet and spread the the word that they're looking for work. And spread their portfolio around to people. Because, like, it's just... God, it's gut-wrenching to hear that people are going to have to... The gaming industry is so volatile in such a way that, like... um, When you, like, get, like, dumped from a studio. You typically have to pick up your whole family and move to another, like, state in order yeah. to find another job like and that's it's not just like oh i'll just start working from here hopefully the work from home method is like still working through a lot of different companies and allows people to work to essentially not have to move their family or, their lives yeah, yeah. because yeah. that's the that's the first thing i think of i know how violent uh, a disrupt in the games industry can be like that to uh to human lives so all right well yeah now any good news today
0: (laughs) i have more bad news for you oh my god reading from a story from morgan shaver over at shacknews.com Shigeru Miyamoto once <laughs> rejected evil Walu Peach design for Princess Peach. I'm incensed.
1: Walu Peach. That's a terrible name for Peach. Like I get Wario, right? Like it's a joke. Walu is is bad Mario. Like it's 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 that's my kind of humor right there, right? Waluigi Kind of stretching it, kind of stretching it.
0: Then Walu Peach? Walu Peach. So, um, I'd reject Mi- it too. <laughs> Miyamoto said no to the idea of an evil Wario style version of Princess Peach without ever having seen the design. Uh, so, social media has recently taken an interest in a fascinating tidbit from a 15 year old interview with Shugo Takahashi. Co-founder of the studio Camelot. We all know Camelot. They made the Mario Golf Games. They made uh, Golden Sun. They made Waluigi, right?
1: And and the Knights of the Round Table. I'm jealous. That <laughs> Indeed.
0: <just laughs> um, those are joke. the games of the Round Table. <laughs> um, on Twitter, user Ghost Sorry, this is a Twitter handle that I am gonna struggle through. Go Soki Gosoku Go Soku G-O-S- O k k y u. K-K-Y-U. Anyways, maybe it's either Japanese or it's not meant to be read out loud. <laughs> Pointed out that Takahashi mentions in the interview that Camelot had once e- designed an evil Wario style version of Princess Peach known as Walu Peach and even brought the idea to sh- create Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto. At the time, the idea to create Walu Peach stemmed from the fact that Camelot had seemed a modicum of success with other evil spin-off characters like Waluigi and the evil, evil version of Luigi. I don't know why we need to explain that to anyone, but shout wait, out Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Waluigi is an evil version of Luigi?
0: Who knew? In <laughs> games oh like Mario, the Nintendo 64. Um, apparently I thought, was, I thought he was their uncle. Apparently according to this this anciently uh, found this newly kind of resurfaced ancient interview um Miyamoto turned it down because he thought that the design would be just like uh this character Doronjo Doronjo uh who's a, a female character from uh, an anime called Yatterman and just on on the face the idea of an evil version of Peach was shot down because he thought it would be like this character from an anime um without having looked at the design um but it sounds like in the interview T- Takahashi says uh, that the design didn't look like Doronjo at all, but was more along the lines of a daten. I wish I was better at pronouncing Japanese Shi style, which uh, would have been representative of like a fallen angel or demon style version of the character. So picture like a demonic or fallen angel version of Peach. In a Camelot Mario Golf game,
1: <laughs> I love. Okay, okay. Let's just take take a step back one one step further, and let's just go. All right, so we got Wario. He's just a he's a he's a little bit fatter than Mario. He so wears much, he so wears, much he,
0: greedier, not so much greedier. greedier. He's he all about greedier?
1: the coin. He's oh yeah, he's all about. Coins. Did you
0: play n- New Super Mario Bros. Two for the Nintendo DS, where where Mario and everyone else was also yes. all yeah. about the coins?
1: All about the coins. They wanted to make coins important again. But uh, Wario, just he's a little bit fatter. He's got a crooked mustache. He's got a, he's got a he drinks too much because he's got rosacea in his nose. Hey, brought that back. Twice in an episode. Not bad. I'm going to find out that it's not actually what it's called. Um, and then his colors. He's got yellow and purple, which are very, very clashing. Uh, so con- complimentary colors there. Um, that's that's an art school thing. So complementary, being complete opposites. Um, they um, then have Waluigi, who's just purple Luigi. All right, well he's taller, skinnier. All right, we got we got the idea. And then it's they go pointy ears. Let's, let's make a demonic Peach because that follows the that that convention of making them eviler. <laughs> like just it's just so such a jump in my brain. To go from, like, make them just a little bit more of their, like, small character, like, their physical character traits, to go, like, Peach is a demon. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know. <laughs> do you, do you accentuate whatever Peach already has? Like, because she's, like, very, like, glamorous. So wouldn't you just make... Uh, an evil peach where opposite colors so like like maybe much darker colors but like maybe she's just more elaborate and is also like greedy she's taking her cake and eating it as well
0: (laughs) she's baking the cake and eating it herself yeah that's that's a Paper Mario shout out
1: is it? I thought it was a Mario 64 shout out
0: Oh, in Paper Mario, Peach, um, there's like a whole bunch of cooking mini games you get to do as.
1: Oh, okay. So I was I was going off of Mario 64 where you get the letter and she's like, "I made you a
0: cake. Come to the castle." Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Paper Mario's
0: uh, a riff on that. She's a great baker.
1: She's a baker, so maybe yeah, maybe, (laughs) maybe she's not a good baker. Did (laughs) Did you buy every? She buys the Kirkland brand cakes
0: did you when you were growing up ever like hyper fixate on a particular mini game in a game that had like you 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 had gotten everything you needed to out of it and then you just like went and kept doing it because you wanted to like keep engaging with the mechanic even though it was like not like this baking mini game i got obsessed with it i loved baking and cooking growing up and so any opportunity that i could go in (laughs) Princess Peach and Paper Mario, and do this baking mini game to get like extra powerful healing items. I would go spend like tons of time on it, even though I was like done with the full game.
1: I would say like, I think like the the closest thing for me is like Chocobo Hot and Cold from Final Fantasy IX. I would just oh, play okay. an absolute asinine amount of that, and like what, what it is- was, it was less for the actual like prizes you get out of it, and more for just like. I was just playing this little mini game and upgrading Choco and it's it's silly. It's way better playing it on the modern versions because you can like up the speed and oh, uh, it's so much more playable. Like It's just believe it or not, you like four times the speed and that game is a much more enjoyable game to play. And uh, it's still it's still a challenge, but you can actually achieve um, items in that game. It, rather than like spend like weeks trying to unlock one thing
0: unbelievable i do you remember did you play in final fantasy 10 did you ever go after all of the ultimate weapons
1: no i pretty much like main story that that okay. game for the most part
0: i don't know if they were like called the ultimate weapons or whatever but like just each character had like a Secret strongest bosses. No, oh, no. Oh, oh, they had like their like... strongest weapon they could equip, and yeah. had to do all kinds of wacky loopholes to end up getting them. One of them God. is you have to dodge three hundred lightning bolts in a row in this lightning uh, field.
1: Yes. Yeah, I know the lightning field.
0: Yeah, that game. Can you imagine a game coming out in 2023 and <laughs> to get the hidden item? You had to dodge three hundred randomized lightning bolts in a row. Com- companies
1: still do that shit, and it's just like, ugh, make it attainable. Like, ooh, nobody. Make, like,
0: in a big budget, like, triple A RPG, yeah. are they doing that? I don't
1: well, know. Well, Fant- the, so the, for Final Fantasy Nine, one of the ultimate weapons that you can get for Steiner is, like, Excalibur 2. And the way you do it is you have to beat the game in, like, less than 8 hours essentially. So you have to get to, like, the very end of the game, the like just before the last boss, in under, like, 8 hours. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But it is, like, people are, like, doing this back in the day by opening the disc cover during cutscenes. Because while the disc cover is open, the cutscene's already been loaded to the... and it's running. But while the disc covers open, the internal clock is not ticking because that's part of it. And it's just, it's just ridiculous nowadays. We can just speed up the game and play at high speeds. Right. And, and just blast through most of it. But it it was like that you, you get there tight with, uh, with the open disc mechanic. It's just, it's ridiculous. Come on.
0: Mm Hmm. It also Bye. appears in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, one of my favorite Final Fantasy games. Wow. There's an entire Final Fantasy wiki fan, fandom wiki page dedicated to Excalibur 2. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of there you go, there oh. goes our two news stories. But it's time for a question of the week. And... My question of the week is kind of inspired by the fact that both of the games on my list are are currently part of my 2022 pile of shame that I'm working my way through. Um, But I want to shout out and ask both you, James, but also the listeners to chime in. What games are on your 2022 pile of shame? Now, James, we already established you played a lot of video games last year i played a few i played one a couple well, one or two is there are there any games that came out last year that you would consider on your pile of shame right now
1: uh callisto protocol is one of them i haven't purchased it um same with uh marvel's uh, midnight, what suns. Is it? midnight suns both games i was quite interested in i just have not gotten around to purchasing them and i've already started playing new games so right who knows when I'll get to those.
0: <laughs> I but, was looking uh, at the release calendar for the rest of this month. So this week, Persona three, portable Persona four, golden hitting switch and game pass. Yeah. Fire emblem, engage hitting switch mm-hmm. next week. I think you get the dead space remake
1: and do, don't do we get For spoken as well?
0: And for spoken. Yeah. That's so much.
1: Yeah. Um, I played the Forspoken demo. I wasn't super. I don't know. It didn't didn't do it for me. It did. I I don't know if that's a game that you you're even remotely interested in. But I know you don't. It's
0: it's not on my radar like that. Yeah. Really.
1: Like it. I was really keen on it when they first started showing us trailers. Mm -hmm. And the closer we got to it, I guess the more I was just kind of like, meh.
0: Yeah, I like. I haven't kept up that close on the trailers, but I think last year a combat trailer, yeah, dropped, and I was. Um, the way that the character runs around on the open world field, yeah, she, it looks more like she's like ice skating than like having mm-hmm. any. And she like,
1: uses magic it, there's, to, to there's move. There's very right. little
0: friction. I don't. I, I want. It, that trailer dropped when I was like waist deep in the dark souls remaster. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, where's the friction? Where's the weight? Where's the like impact to all of the stuff going on in the combat? It looked flashy. It looked cool. But like now my brain wants like there to be chunky animations that are like really imparting like the weight and heft of Mm. a thing. And I just didn't get a sense of that from the trailer. Yeah. Um, The one game that I'm going to consider on my pile of shame other than the two that I'm currently working my way through is Pentiment. I think Pentiment is in the queue to be the next Game Pass game that I start loading up once I've gotten through these two. And I think it'll pair off well with kind of the easy breezy J-pop vibes of Tokyo Mirage Sessions that I am going to get back to. I'm very excited to get back to that game. That game is 100% on, on Chris Stern's bullshit. It's like exactly targeted at me. Um, but yeah, uh, Norco, Tunic, both technically on my pile of shame, even though they're in progress. And then I really want to get to Pentiment. Um, but audience, what about you? Shoot us a tweet at Podcast on Twitter or shoot us an email which is podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com and let us know what games are on your 2022 pile of shame and when will you possibly play them with like five huge games coming out in the next 10 days. <laughs> oh, with that, it's going to do it for our show today. Thank you very much for joining the podcast this week, James. And thank you listeners for jumping in and listening along with us. You can find the show on Twitter at Ellen Gamers Podcast. Like I said, tweet us your 2022 pile of shame games. You can find John at Johnny Samsonite, Angie at Stellar Smalls. Shout out to both of them. They weren't able to join us today. You can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter. I am not using Twitter right now. I deleted it from my phone. And you can find James at Butlordprimus. That's right. You can. James uh what are you streaming tonight man I'm streaming some unmetal
1: it's a uh, it's a parody of uh the metal gear franchise focused more on the uh the 2D gameplay um but uh it's it's pretty pretty dang good i've been really enjoying it it's funny
0: amazing awesome and do you have vods that upload to your twitch yes
1: so you can like if you don't have time to watch my stuff. They, they You can always watch them a couple days later. I know they, they delete after a while. I think it's a couple months. But yeah, you can always catch catch what I've been playing recently. So,
0: yeah, uh, Twitch
1: dot <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Twitch dot TV slash
0: BLP entertainment. Yeah. Check him out. Uh, if you want to contribute the con- to the, our content, you can send us an email, podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. DM us on Twitter. Our DMs are open. Sign up for Mostly Normal Monthly, where you will get something in your inbox this month. I say, again, reminding myself and putting my feet on the fire. That's at MNGamers.Substack.com. And lastly, please, wherever you're listening to the show, whatever podcatcher you use, uh, please go out and leave us a review. Share the show with some friends. Help grow the audience. We really, really, really love our community and want it to get bigger and stronger this year. So please share the show and give us a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. And now I'm going to go play probably Tunic, but maybe Norco. I really haven't made my mind up. Bye. Bye.